You are now listening to Out of the Blank. another episode of out of the blank podcast i'm here with campbell hey better than the soup because he's interested in ufos and that's what i like to hear (laughs) it depends on which soup (laughs) that's very (laughs) true um about ufos though because i know it says in your profile that like now do you study ufos or the uaps or what are you typically trying to like what i guess what's your really goal in a way because like i'm open-minded i like to know more about the alien thing i mean i've talked to astrophysicists i've talked to uh people that are i know we're talking a little bit off air about how you got interested in, into it was um after the obama uh kind of like released a couple of things or talked about it or hit on a few subjects but um i actually had a guy who was on here describing aliens and he's followed by obama so i was like look you might know some stuff and i was like he was probably the first person that i think was more open besides ronald reagan at least in our lifetime he was more talking about it and then everything that's kind of happened afterwards uh with every other president has kind of been like yeah oh, we're just going to give you a report that's going to be six pages long and four pages of those six are going to be explaining the whole entire pages that are going to be given to you i'm like okay wonderful <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well uh you know i was into alien stuff uh, when i was younger and then um it just sort of like uh went on the, the wayside when i sort of started uh, in university and stuff uh, i i just hadn't wasn't focusing on it too much because i couldn't find anything substantial to really dig into um and i think that that was just in part not looking deep enough uh but you know there's also just been uh, such a such a the government's been act i mean depends on who you ask. John Greenwald Jr. Um, is states explicitly that no matter what UFOs turn out to be, there is a government conspiracy going on around them. Um, we don't know exactly what that means, but um, there's something very interesting happening. And uh, the reports, like you indicated, uh, have a, they, they point in a couple different directions. And uh, so I got very interested in it after the Obama uh, statements on the uh, Late Late Show, like you said. And then when I started digging into it, I uh, started looking at a bunch of different cases, which I think is pretty typical. Um, And I didn't really find much in the classic UFO cases that you could really pin down and get any serious answers from until I came across um, just on a random list of like, oh, the 10 weird things that can't be explained. Uh, an article about the Hezdalen lights. And when I looked into them a bit, I saw in the classic UFO community that people sort of discounted it, were very skeptical of uh, the Hezdalen lights case as being relevant because um, there's there's some reason, it's not proven what exactly those objects are, but uh, there's some reason to believe that they are potentially natural phenomena that are the descriptions, the scientific descriptions of them are consistent with classic UFOs. That has not been proven, but there is a very interesting angle there. And I got more and more intrigued as I, uh, yeah, I was a Redditor, or I still am, and I started posting things like, uh, oh, why are the Hesdalen lights described very similarly to UFOs in classic UFO reports? And people sort of came back at me saying, uh, 
oh, that's uh, not necessarily uh, accurate. The, uh, they're just lights, you know, look at the name. There's, these aren't physical objects. I got into it more and I uh, actually, in reading the science, uh, astrophysicists, um, electrical engineer professors, um, they've all done field work there and they've photographed, videotaped these objects. Interesting angle. Um, yeah, uh, Robbie, I was curious, have you uh, actually like heard of the Hesdalman lights before? I've never heard of them. Yeah, it's a very random uh, subject. Uh, and I got really interested because uh, there's actually, it's the one UFO case that when I started digging into it, there are dozens of science papers by actual scientists, including um, the, pre the primary historically was uh, this very interesting astrophysicist named uh, Dr. Massimo Teodorani. He's an Italian astrophysicist. He did four uh, field uh, studies at, in the Hesdalen Valley, which is a region in Norway, where these objects uh, frequently recur. And uh, so he's actually on the Galileo project as a research affiliate now. So Dr. Avi Loeb yeah. recognized that there's something interesting happening there. Um, yeah, so uh, my interest sort of started with Obama. I started looking in the cases, and I didn't mention this, but for about a month after I realized that there actually were these physical objects clearly existing in our atmosphere, I believed very strongly that the only realistic uh, or probable, plausible explanation would be some kind of intelligently controlled technology because of the features that were so consistently described by credible eyewitnesses. And then when I found the Hesdalen lights and I found all of these science papers and the, they don't know exactly what the objects are, but there are some good reasons to think that they could be natural phenomena. That's not proven, but there's some interesting possibilities there that I'm very intrigued by. I get it's on the limited information that you guys have, especially when it comes to UFO. Like I only have a couple issues with UFO Twitter, and that's mostly that I can't get a single person besides yourself or a couple other people that have their actual name being used. It's always like a, a some random like whatever cool UFO disclosure type account. And I'm like, I want to talk to someone like, are you willing to use your name and come on the show? Because that's like the whole point is like you're not going to just joke around. Like I could talk to some dude who says Bill Cosby's innocent as his profile page. He might not necessarily believe that because he's not using his real name and there's no face attached to it, but it's that authenticity. When I watch a Joe Rogan podcast or something, when they have Avi Loeb on there, or they have another person that starts explaining their thing, everyone, like there was a, the most famous UFO story. I forgot who the guy's name was, but he was on a Joe Rogan podcast. And when he was talking, his brain sounded so like, like he was reaching for words for something he couldn't describe. And everyone's like, he's obviously making up a story. And it's like, yeah, oh, the, Lazar, first, yeah. the first time, well, well, Bob Lazar probably has, it's not him, but he has, okay. I researched him before I even, when I was first starting out this podcast, because I had a radio astronomer on here and he actually was on just recently um, it's episode eight, eight, nine, his whole entire views of aliens have changed since this whole pandemic. Cause I think besides everyone looking for toilet paper, they released the UAP or the UFO talked about how there is that like under the guise of COVID as it was all in the midst of it all happening. And it was at its probably its peak. So nobody really paid attention to that because more people were caring about their families and more people were worried about just getting food or making sure they didn't get anybody sick and they hopefully didn't die. And it's just, it's strange because 
what's the what's the fear? What's the fear of just releasing it in the first place? I know this is what everyone in UFO Twitter talks about. Like, what do you like when that report comes out? When that report comes out, and then it comes out, and it's like, don't be bummed because you know they're not going to straight up tell you. But then I'm wondering, what are you fearing from it? If we already speculate it, and it's like, is it because people go like, well. They why would they shut down accounts? I've seen so many people through UFO Twitter talk about how their accounts have been banned and all this stuff. And this is where I start to have the problem. I'm like, there's no conclusive evidence on it. And if you mention UFO to a, a person who's not interested in the subject, they're going to say it's a conspiracy. And just like any conspiracy account, it's not good to get rid of it. It's good to keep it up there so people can see like, oh, it's a conspiracy. Why would we even mess with that? Well, you know what I mean? But then there's this whole misinformation, misguidedness that censorship is now doing. We're supposed to take off all this false information, all these things, which is a good goal to have, but they don't do it properly where they end up taking off somebody's account who's just trying to research into something like eventually I think Bigfoot will probably be marked down on the list too. But I'm I'm curious as to do you what do you if you believe in aliens, do you believe they've came here? And if you believe they've came here, what do you think they look like? Because I'm not of the belief that they have hit here. I think this is a lot of advanced tech that we haven't seen before, like propulsion systems and things that Bob Lazar talked about. Near, uh, what is it? Sectors. Oh, my God. I'm going to blank on the place he worked at. Uh, is it uh, Area 51? Uh, it's not, I don't think it's area 51. I think it was sector seven where he talked about, uh, chromium one fifteen or whatever that element is that he talked about. He was not, it was unexplainable. Uh, I, I don't know. Cause I don't think it's aliens, man. I mean, I do definitely believe there's something out there that would be stupid. And I think at any point to say that there's, oh, we're the only life in the universe. I don't believe that one, but I don't think they've come here yet. And if they have, which I have had guests three different ones throughout, like over a two year period, explain their ufo encounter and talked about three lights in the sky that were in the shape of a triangle which makes me think that it might be that they have a two-dimensional kind of space where they're able to bend this what this three dimension is like if i pick up an object we know it's round and we can hold it but if it's just flat because as they walk around these lights they could see around it like if you were staring at my hand and you moved you could see my hand get wider or get thinner and I think maybe there's that possibility, but I don't know if they've made themselves known yet or somebody wouldn't have gotten like, a, I mean, everyone says we've seen Bigfoot, but then you look at a phone camera video and I'm like, come on, we got iPhones that record better than that. Yeah, it ends up looking like a bear or something. Yeah. Um, my uh, screen just went off, so I can't see now. But um, anyway, um, yeah, so... Uh, the, uh, the different elements there involve uh, the historic government files, the cases from inside the government, so internal government communications. And that's one thing very interesting. Um, the uh, next thing is what the available evidence in the public uh, domain says. Um, now, I got very interested in the uh, historic government reports that are internal reports that were disclosed through freedom of information uh, access requests. And uh, so when you look back on those reports, if you're looking for a reason about why are all of these statements from the government so seemingly or apparently contradictory, that's something that really has confused me as well. Um, you know, it's like you have somebody like uh, Senator Mitt Romney coming out and saying, well, they aren't our tech, they aren't our enemy's tech, but they aren't a threat. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you know that? What does that mean? How did, what type of 
explanation is consistent with a statement like that. And if you look back at the government reports, there's some interesting things in there. Now, some people will say, oh, you know, they can't look at government reports because they're just sort of making things up. I think there's a meaningful distinction between internal top secret reports that were designed to convey credible information to leadership, uh, secret information that are forced to be released through freedom of information versus public facing reports like the Comdon committee report, the recent ODNI report. And I think those are two incredibly important, uh, you know, different categories. If you look at the government reports, there's a vital installations memo, 1949 by the FBI, where they say, we, we know these objects are real and it's, we don't know if they're Russian, if they're natural, or if they're uh, a combination of those things, or the you know, aliens, extraterrestrials, they, they don't say that explicitly, but it's uh, included as sort of, it's, it's vaguely referenced. So they don't know what they are, but they're seeing these uh, objects. Then you move forward into uh, the United States Air Force, and then they start with uh, Project Twinkle, which is an attempt at a science investigation of these objects. And they once again say, the objects uh, seem to exist. We can't clearly uh, determine exactly what they are. Several scientists, they name uh, one prominent scientist, Dr. Kaplan from uh, uh, Los Alamos. Uh, he says, oh, he believes that they're natural plasma phenomena, um, but they don't say definitively that's for sure what it is. But that report sort of leads into our modern era where it's recommended in that report that the subject of UFOs remain classified because they don't know exactly how much the Russians know about it. And they don't know if they are being used by Russians in some way to potentially disrupt communication systems and things like that. Um, so we can keep going through that list, but um, <clears throat> the, uh, the subject, the, the way that it emerges over time is the government keeps saying, like, we believe these are probably natural. We can't be certain of that. But there are these potential consequences by coming out with the information. Um, the most important report that I think exists, that's a classified internal report designed to provide credible information to the top leadership, is the uh, Condine report. And that report is a United Kingdom Ministry of Defense report finished in 2000. And it was the, designed to be the, the end point of their decades of uh, collecting UFO reports and data about UFOs. And what that report determined, and they provided it to the top leadership in secret, they did not even tell uh, elected members of parliament that it existed and they denied that it uh, existed for years until it was forced to be released through freedom of information. That report says, UFOs are in, they say, okay, let me, they indisputably exist. They're, you know, hover, land, take off at exceptional velocities and vanish visible or invisible, both visually and to radar. They describe all of the features that we would say are UFOs. And then it goes on to say, these objects are almost certainly, is their wording, electromagnetic phenomena. And they move forward with that saying that it's uh, basically uh, they're plasmoids, which is a type of plasma. They don't explain exactly, because they don't seemingly still don't know, even though they're saying they're almost certain that they're natural, but they don't know how they form. 
they speculate that in part they could be formed by meteors entering the Earth's atmosphere. There are other mechanisms that are proposed, but uh, it's an extremely interesting document because it's saying in there that uh, they want to keep it secret because of the potential military applications related to the study of plasma and the tech the technology that can uh, come out of it, as well as uh, not wanting the Russians to know how much they know. And uh, basically, uh, they, don't, they don't know how much the Russians do know. And so it always gets linked back to this uh, fear of the enemy, uh, realizing that you know that UFOs are natural and the potential applications of the technology derived from them. Now, they don't explain exactly what the, uh, like the nature of the, the way that Dr. Teodorani describes it is the central nucleus. What is at the core of these objects? And nobody knows that. Dr. Teodorani suggests that it's a potentially something akin to a mini black hole. Um, and the, the, the really fascinating part about this is that the energy levels contained in these things, if they're natural, even if they're artificial, if they are some kind of advanced technology, like it's frequently talked about that the uh, ways that they can move and stuff, it represents some kind of outrageous power supply. And also people who have come into close contact with them, uh, they're well, uh, well studied that they are, have injuries consistent with exposure to intense electromagnetic radiation. So either way, if they're natural or artificial, there's a central nucleus, we don't know what's in there. And the light seems to be a byproduct of that uh, nucleus ionizing the atmosphere. Um, so with the, with the government reports, you have one kind of picture that emerges saying uh, that they basically know what they are. They've known for some time and that they're trying to use uh, science to get a one-up on their uh, domestic uh, rivals. And, and that explanation that's in the internal reports uh, that isn't, aren't meant to be exposed to others. Like it's, it's a consistent story across uh, the UK and American governments, but it's, it's not proven. Um, uh, Dr. Teodorani in Hezdalen, actually, I just uh, recalled you mentioned the triangles. They're very interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, do you have any other uh, sort of ideas about uh, what I'm saying? Or would you like me to sort of uh, get into the triangles? Because Teodorani's actually seen those in Hezdalen. Well, like when you were mentioning the government reports, um, I think there's a giant kind of thought, uh, uh, I guess, amongst most of the population that goes, the government could never keep something of this magnitude secret. So that's probably the fact that they just don't know what it is. And I think they know a lot more than what they're obviously telling us because they're not going to be open about all their information just because whatever information they release to us is going to obviously go over to the, you know, some of our neighboring countries. And it's kind of like a secret. Um, my friend, uh, her name is Dr. Serene Nemi. Uh, she's an astrophysicist. And she talked about like, why did America only release like whatever, how many pages we had in that disclosure report when Australia can release 1200, you know, based on whatever UAPs or phenomena they want to call it, whatever they want to talk about, they actually wrote it down and were very honest with their people. So it seems like our government's hiding something. I'm not of the belief that our government just doesn't know. I think our government definitely knows, but I think it's this subject UFOs is unsalvageable 
only on the concept of it's kind of like 9-11. You've spent wait, like I've read so many reports where it goes like, oh, there was this and there was this alien creature. And then it's like retracted and then they fix the words. They don't say alien, say something unexplainable. And you throw that in there. Well, enough of that, of back padding, erasing. It's like kind of like when you're writing like a final copy of a paper, you got to make sure you get all your words properly during your rough draft to make sure you can do the final well this is like they tried to write in pen and then they're scratching over it and then going above it changing out the words like we don't want you to say that we want you to say this so then it leaves open speculation not that there's a conclusion that there's aliens and i'm like well this is how it ends up being like the 9-11 topic there's so much back padding and going back and forth review peer review whatever you want to call it that the topic is so littered with I don't understand what I'm reading anymore. It's kind of untangible in a way. It's kind of like they didn't read the full sentence with the new word in. They kind of just started at the new word and then made sure it fit the rest of the sentence. And I was like, well, this this is untangible for a person to understand. And I saw the Black Vault website. I, I, I don't know who that guy is that makes that. He's got a good site. But when you were looking for the CIA 500 documents, whatever it was, that was the site that was the top listed one. And everyone's like, this looks like a fake website. I was like, God damn it. Like, I don't know what else to say here you know what i mean like there's there's not a conclusion when it comes to it but i've met people that have dived it's kind of like when i dive into government projects you go down a rabbit hole you end up like alex jones just freaking out and pulling out your hair well i had friends that were like i don't think there's any aliens and then my buddy john schools who does a connect the dots podcast about aliens he dived into it i hadn't talked to him in a, almost a year comes back on tell me there's a uh, an app you can get where you can summon aliens i'm like i don't know about that but you are like 100% different than the last time we talked. Like you've just completely went into this rabbit hole where he's like, dude, I've seen way too much. And I'm like, okay, explain it. And it's, it's hard. And I know you got it all up here, but like, then you get accounts of people that fly jets talk about, they see this alien craft, but then I hear people in jets talk about there's a flat earth. And then I hear UFO encounter stories of someone that got picked up by an aircraft. And the next thing you know, they're untangible to talk to. They probed my, and then just start going crazy. And you're like, Jesus, can I get like, I'm, I'm here on this side. Like I'm open-minded. I'm skeptical. I think there is a possibility. There's obviously aliens out there, but I don't know if they've came here yet. But it's so hard because it's littered now. The whole topic is just littered with everyone having different thoughts and have different, and which is good. I think the best part about UFO Twitter is that everyone's like, this is just fun. We're here to like just get into this topic and have a great time and like create a great community. But then there's people that will start saying examples of things of like, well, I talked to this guy who worked at this base, who knew a cousin of this guy who worked with this dude who knew his brother, dated his ex. Now he's his second cousin. And he's over there with his sister. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? You know what I mean? I start to lose my mind a little bit. Cause I'm like, I just want an answer. This all I think in the world right now is really what we need. Like I think with the area 51 thing that happened, I think almost two years now in September um, with all these people willing to storm a site and literally get, you know, I was a Bob Lazar guy. I was like, Bob Lazar, he's a, he revealed so much stuff to me. And then everyone's like, but didn't he have to retract saying he was lying in front of all those people? And I was like, what would you do if you were literally about to send a hundred thousand something people to their fucking deaths because they were all hearing what you said and then now willing to storm a government base where you know they're not going to let you on that so i was defending his side because i think he's very intelligent i could see why he doesn't do interviews because this stuff's like intense but it's when you look at like especially for me i'm looking at it from the government angle i've studied the government i've i, I could tell you any which way they would go with anything and they've been known to go into people's accounts their profiles their 
freaking education degrees, everything, and destroy it all. So Bob Lazar saying that isn't crazy. So is it possible like how they, you know, Alex Jones, for instance, he's labeled as something. Everyone's like, he's a conspiracy guy. Well, if you look at everything he's ever said, he's said a lot of shit. So found something's bound to stick to the wall, but he's called like everything. Like that they're recently the Trump, um, the person that was in Trump's office that was apparently talking to China secretly. He said that a year ago. And now that information's coming out now. And I'm like, Look, I'm not saying the man's all right on everything, but is it possible that the media, government, whatever, can distort a perception to make it look like the person's batshit nuts, which is what they did to Bob Lazar? They made him look like an idiot. They destroyed all his Harvard degrees, so he just seemed like he was rambling off about degrees he didn't have. When it's been known, now that we know Jeremy Corbell with that documentary showed, yeah, they screwed him over. So it's... This is where we start to be like, now you're literally creating an era of schizophrenia. It's not the UFO community. It's everyone now. Nobody knows what to believe in. And what I'm seeing on the news, is that correct? Or five minutes from now, is it going to be something different? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that uh, this sort of, uh, like you say, schizophrenic kind of uh, public conversation uh, is um, a intended consequence of uh, the, the sort of you know, counter intel, public uh, communication side of uh, government strategy. Um, and there are good uh, reasons why they might want to be doing that. Um, you know, if, if the, I agree with you entirely that it's, uh, it's hard to believe that the government could maintain a secret of this nature for the length of time that uh, the, the cl declassified reports suggest. And it, there also is good evidence to show that even inside the government, there has always been a faction of people who are fully read into whatever's going on that believe that it is aliens. So it's very important for to remember that there has never been like a consensus on this subject. I think it's it's extremely interesting to me that the most recent uh, top secret report that's been declassified from 2000 says that they're almost certain that they're natural electromagnetic phenomena, but that's not proven. And that report actually contains a lot of assumptions uh, that can't be, uh, so there's no data that can be pointed to in the public realm that verifies anything they say. I'll say, how um, would that explain the Tic Tac? Oh, well, uh, it, there's some really interesting stuff going on there. I, uh, I actually have on my Twitter, there's, um, there's a documentary uh, that was released in 2009 called The Portal, The Hestel and Light Phenomenon. And it's done by uh, a Norwegian uh, documentarian. And he went uh, and talked to the researchers who have been investigating the Hestel and phenomena since, uh, since 1984, actually. And uh, they, they do uh, two-week two uh, field studies a year since uh, 2004. And uh, in 2004, Assistant Professor Bjorn Haug, who's a master's in electrical engineering, he was leading one of the field studies, and he took a photo of a Tic Tac object flying through Earth's in the low atmosphere in Hesdalen Valley, and there's a sequence of five photos, and they're in the documentary, and I posted just that section on my Twitter. It shows the Tic Tac. And then he describes it. He says, what I saw looked like a solid object. And then he says, almost like a metallic cloud. And there's the photo in it. It's an ellipsoid, a white ellipsoid. It's fascinating. And then the uh, sequences that then the object uh, broke apart into two fireballs. 
And then those fireballs impacted treetops. And he's got the sequence of images. And then when they impact the treetops, a uh, spiraling blue beam gets projected out of one of them, impacts another treetop, and then ricochets off of it. It's a fascinating photo. And um, a totally uh, jumping to a total different subject. I won't stick to it, but yeah. Well, what you're mentioning is exactly what um, the guy I was mentioning um, on the Joe Rogan episode. I'm going to see if I can find it, but his name's Travis something. I forgot what his last name is. But he was he talks about this blue light. He talked about just being in the middle of these trees. Everyone else is everyone else in his group, which is two other guys were scattered around. He talked about this blue light that hit him. And then next thing you know, like it, he landed in the same spot. Like it was like and no time missed, but he knew he was gone for it felt like kind of like how our dreams are. Like for me, when I dream, I dream for like eight hours in 20 minutes like it feels like i was asleep for almost like half a day and then i wake up and it's only been 20 minutes he talked about like that like it, he wasn't gone really like for less than probably 20 seconds and then this after this light hit him and he was back and he was like but it felt like i was gone for like a very long time like i was up in this ship for like a day or two and everyone's like no you're just gone for a minute but they talk about like the blue light getting hit and shot so you're saying that could be a possible natural phenomenon not really a Yes, uh, there's a, uh, well, okay, it's possible. And I want to be very clear. I believe that there are aliens in the universe. Absolutely. I think it's statistically inevitable. I also think statistically, it's almost certain that they have uh, multiple civilizations are, you know, colonial and uh, expanding their areas. I think just statistically, that's inevitable. But I, I don't see any evidence of them being here on Earth yet. The UFOs actually, well, there's some evidence. UFOs existing is some evidence. It's, uh, it's not definitive, but you, you'd think based on the information, uh, you know, that you can sort of derive the Fermi paradox, you think that there would have been a colonization of Earth already. And I, I'm very confused why that hasn't happened. His name is Travis Walton. That's the guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. Well, um, I haven't seen I'll, I'll go back and look at that one. Um, you'll see it as he's talking. He sounds very, like his gaps between the words that he says is worse than obama when obama's speaking there's a lot of long pauses which it's just very hard because he'll be like it sounds like he's thinking like during bob lazar's interview on joe rogan you could tell he he gets headaches all the time he talks about and as he's talking there are some pauses where he's trying to remember and but this is way worse than that it's like twice his pauses and it's very very hard if you're listening and not watching because you can't tell if the if the app just stopped on you and spotify just stopped playing so people were like i mean littered through his comments after the video came out was like this guy's obviously faking a story and that's what i thought at first but then i started thinking more especially with talking to so many people like it's very very hard there are people like elon musk who are not a good speaker they are very very intelligent but they're just not good at having a flow of conversation and then there's people that have like such craftsmen's with their words where you're like oh my god they just might be in th and this is another thing too is like uh I, there's a lot of scientists and there's a lot of people I've, I've heard before that just insert a lot of large words like i'll be the first to tell you i'm not the smartest person in the in the group but you know i can understand i can soak up a lot of information but there are some people that just insert a huge word where nobody even stops and goes what is that word yeah, and it's like, you know, then they just gloss over it. And it's like, it makes you seem very, very intelligent. I'm like, I'd just rather just be 100% honest. If you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. And then when you come across, like I've been in a couple of UFO community groups, everyone's kind of like very, very like, 
partially, I got some information here and then some information over here. And I get it if it's not all been released to you, but don't act like it. Like I've heard some things where they throw something in there and someone corrects them and then they go, you mean this? And then the person's like, oh, that's what it was. But then they just didn't want to seem dumb in a giant group or something when they're speaking. And I'm like, then that riddles the false information for the people that are going afterwards. I'm like, if you don't know, ask a question. I don't know what those three triangle lights are in the sky. But I've heard people explain it the exact same. So I'm of the belief that this is something that we probably haven't seen before, whether it is a natural phenomenon. I don't know. It seems more like 2D type space chicken, little whatever sky is falling, little block thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, th that's one of the possible explanations uh, for the objects. It's, it's one of the more out there ones. But, it, it, you know, some people uh, speculate that they could be... Uh, you know, like you've seen on YouTube, the four-dimensional object sort of uh, is passing through our three-dimensional space, and we just see sort of a sliver of that four-dimensional object, uh, similar to Carl Sagan's representation of a three-dimensional object uh, being in 2D land. Uh, so, so that's always possible. And, you know, it's important for me to point out, like, I don't know, but I, what I do know is that I do believe eyewitnesses. I believe that they experience and see what they say they see. Um, and, you know, it, it, it can get a little uh, tricky to get into the details of it because um, even with the best of intentions, um, these experiences are so deeply tied to people's sense of who they are uh, because they're such extreme, uh, traumatizing in many instances, experiences, and people do internalize those things as part of their personality for better or worse. And so I, I don't, I, I try to avoid typically uh, getting into that side of things, but um, the the most just to understand it, uh, the, the explanation that is possible is that since these are electromagnetic phenomena, regardless of whether they're spaceships or uh, natural entirely, electromagnetism has the capacity um, at significant distances to cause uh, severe hallucinations. Um, visual hallucinations, um, even lightning. Lightning is a form of atmospheric plasma. And uh, the two researchers, uh, two professors in uh, Austria calculated that um, because of the fluctuations in electromagnetism, even up to lightning strikes up to 200 meters away can cause full-on hallucinations in people. Um, so that's a very interesting prospect. And the researchers in Hezdalen did subjectively experience um, physi physiological effects and psychological uh, based on their self-reports um, consistent with exposure to uh, intense electromagnetism, like the sense of rocking on a boat. One of them had a panic. Okay, actually, let's the, the triangle uh, thing. So two of these researchers, um, Dr. Massimo Teodorani, astrophysicist who's now on the Galileo project, and then uh, Dr. Stelia Monte Bonoli, uh, they were in the valley and they observed a black triangle. Uh, Monte Bonoli uh, tells the story uh, saying, you know, it, between the lights, it looked like he holds up his hands with a triangle. It looked like the screen of a notebook. And uh, the object proceeded to come to hover directly above them and then turn and then dissipate, vanish above them. And uh, <laughs> it's an extremely interesting story. And Teodoro Dr. Teodorani, uh says he doesn't have any explanation for it. 
Now, an explanation does exist in the Condine report, which came out uh, secretly several years before they wrote their uh, report. Or actually, it was the same year. Um, it was published in 2000, their report, where they described this, the scientific report of their field study. And so, uh, and the, the Condine report was only declassified in 2006. So it's quite interesting, but an explanation based on natural potential explanation that was written by the government um, and was not known by these researchers when they described the object that they saw. Um, the, the explanation that the government provides is that there are, there's a potential for independent plasmoids to electromagnetically couple to one another. And then they form crystal geometric structures. And then those geometric structures, um, the way that they explain it is a field with unknown properties is produced between those three uh, uh, plasmoids. And it produces a light scattering effect that then produces the impression that there is something between the lights. I can't be the only one that's hearing this and be like, that just sounds like they're making a bunch of excuses for something that they can't explain. I, I agree entirely with you. Uh, and the, the only reason that it's of any interest for them to say that is that that is not a public facing report. It is a top secret report designed to convey the best possible information that they have to top leadership and top technology managers to make uh, you know, the top decisions. Um, so because it was conveyed, like that, that is what the Ministry of Defense of the United Kingdom thinks when they look at UFO stuff. Uh, and that, that to me is very interesting, even though like you're saying, it's, it's an unproven field. We don't, like, it's, it's all speculation. Like I get it, I'm not a scientist, but you also don't need to be a scientist to say that the magic bullet theory is bullshit because you start hearing the JFK magic bullet theory, you're like, what the fuck is that? Like a bullet doesn't just bounce off walls and somehow like the move, like Suicide Squad, it doesn't do like the Will Smith's character did in that. No, it doesn't do that at all. But that's people be like, well, they're the scientists that said that. I'm like, yeah, but that's when I'm. I start taking a step back. I'm like, when is anything definitive in that way? We're always trying. There are people that say, explain God, and they'll give you a whole entire scientific thing of why there isn't a God, or they'll just say there is a God. There's no explanation or there's no understanding, which I like. It's the mystery. That's the fun part, obviously. But you got to like what you just explained to me. I, I, I might I might not have been word for word, but just hearing like all these different light refractions and all these type of things. I'm like, this is exactly what you would be doing if you're trying to get your name in a book just to be able to describe or explain the thing that you can't like. I mean, I'm, I'm more belief after that, that there's aliens out there than it would be a light refraction or a natural phenomenon. There's just too much about it. That's not anything to, like it, it, nature's a little bit off nature is very very symmetric but it's also symmetric in a odd like uncanny way and a lot of these things that we're seeing are things that are very very kind of symmetrical in a man-made or a thing created way and i think that's just what happens when you got the blueprints of earth i think that if there is alien life or there's other uh civilizations out there on other like Bob, buzz aldrin why the hell is he talking about that, that there's an obelisk on Mars and there's water on the moon? 
Like he's the one that told Alex Jones that there was aliens. So I'm like, look, man, I don't know if NASA's got to vet their astronauts or something, but I mean, he can't be, he called water on the moon, which we said he was crazy. And then we just kind of ignored it because he's old. And then we found water on the moon. And then next, you know, we're on Mars right now. If we end up finding an obelisk, that means he's right about two things. I'm not going to discount the third thing that he says. I definitely think that they might, I don't know if we've had an interaction, but I don't see the value in them wanting to interact with us unless like my buddy John was telling me projecting like your dreams could be a projection from them, a message or something like that. And I'm like, man, we probably, if we don't even, can't even see them if they're here, then we don't stand a chance in war or battle. So the only thing that they would be doing if they made contact would be to try and salvage this planet. I don't know if it would be helping save us. You know what I mean? It starts ending up into like John Carter territory where you're like, are they just invisible hanging around us, making the inner moves of anything like that? And then there's the people that believe that there might be in our government and our government might be reptiles. I'm like, all right, that comes from the news, which is entirely their fault because what they do is on these morning shows you can i put a clip up on my twitter about it i was like this is why people think there are reptiles in our news and in our government is because when they blink sometimes the blink will get stuck and they cgi out the bags from under their eyes so the cgi will mess up and make anime eyes so it looks like their eyes are popped out of their head like a chameleon (laughs) and people go oh my god what the fuck is that and i saw it i was like holy shit but this is like been known to happen like it just i i thought it was someone had like a fake eye and then they blinked and it just popped out but this is why the conspiracy stuff starts to come through when you start don't start coming up with like logical answers or you choose not to even address it, which is, I think, why this alien thing has been built up for so long is that there's all these accounts about it now. And it's hard to tell, like you said, with eyewitnesses accounts, for instance, the only ones that I deem credible are people that have experience with like war or some type of scenario that is very, very traumatic because with eyewitnesses accounts, they're probably the least credible because a lot of the time your brain starts to add stuff because you're not, you're not taking in everything that's happening in that moment. I can tell you, if you got into a car accident, you're not going to be able to read the license plate number off the back of that car that hit you after it happened. And you're trying to recount the story a week later, you're going to remember maybe what color the car was, but you're really only going to remember wait, like having your eyes open and looking at the steering wheel and like, Holy shit, I just got into a car accident. You, remember more of the feelings than you do the actual detailed description of the environment around you unless you've been in a war scenario then you're used to that type of trauma or that type of experience where you're able to actually recount certain types of things that's why like in the 9-11 report that i was researching for that episode i wasn't looking at personal encounters with the the civilians but the people that have firefighters people that have actually been through the experience because they're descriptions were more detailed to the environment around them not only because it's their job but they've also been through this shit and not in this dramatic way but they've been in certain similar situations where they've had to go into a burning building or something like that where they're able to account for this type of stuff that's the credible stuff and sadly when you're looking at like abductee accounts you got a dude in the middle of a cornfield holding a piece of corn with tinfoil on his head and like damn it because technically i'm part of that group if you label in conspiracy people with the tinfoil hat, I'm part of that group. Yeah, well, me too, I guess. Right? <laughs> uh, I think you're making an excellent point, and I actually haven't really uh, heard that idea before, but I think it makes a ton of sense that um, it uh, would be such an overwhelming experience, and people describe it that way, that, um, yeah, like, totally, you'd be going into almost like a, a blackout mode out of uh, self-preservation, uh, you know, it's uh, just reflexive almost, so 
somebody trained to sort of deal with that ongoing uh, experience, that, that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, now, to, yeah, to the credit of the uh, Hezdalan researchers, like Dr. Tiadarani, he uh, does not say uh, at any point that, oh, this uh, triangle that he saw, like that that is uh, natural. He actually goes the other way. And he, uh, an eyewitness and astrophysicist who's now on Galileo Project, he said, like, I can't explain this thing. It doesn't seem natural. Maybe speculatively, the military was experimenting with something super advanced in this remote region. And they maybe knew that uh, there are UFO reports in the area and therefore it's a good place to experiment with, uh, you know, technology. That doesn't explain why I would approach them and uh, sort of go directly above them and then completely dissipate. But uh, he, he's very clear that he doesn't know. Um, and, and he's written the papers as well about how he speculates that a number of these objects, it's maybe a mixed bag, maybe some are plasmoids, maybe others, he, he writes about them potentially being uh, extraterrestrial probes. And there might be a common reason, maybe this uh, certain regions on Earth where UFOs are known to recur, maybe there are natural plasma phenomena occurring there. And maybe it's something associated with the... Uh, UFOs that are extraterrestrial wanting to recharge in some way through the, um, I mean, there's some sort of electromagnetic uh, element involved. So, so the, the scientists who have been on the, the ground, I want to give them uh, full credit and say that they are not saying the things that the uh, English uh, Condine reports say. I want to get your opinion based on what you've kind of went through research wise and what you've read and um I, I i'm inviting you back on right just a head heads heads up or i guess a way in advance i want to invite you back on as well too to come on and talk about this again but i also want you to send me some of the stuff that you've seen so i can look through it myself and base my own opinion and then we can talk about it and hopefully i can give more to the conversation of it because like i've talked about my thoughts on this are just from i've talk to a lot of people and mostly there's the people that are hundred percent in or they're hundred percent out. There's no middle rotors. So I want to get your thoughts on what do you think they are that you think it's a natural phenomenon? Do you, 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 I know you said you think it's alien or you think aliens that do exist, but do you think that's aliens? And do you think that like, what would be the purpose of coming down here? Do you think that it would be to make contact? Do you think it would be to slowly morph around? Because when you start talk about like the blue light talk about a natural phenomenon i'm already thinking if there's like something out there that can somehow hit that chemical in our brain that's like dmt like you know where you can freak out and you can see a bunch of stuff like i think uh with psychedelics for instance i don't look at that like a, a mind-bending god-altering drug whatever you want to call it i look at it as, that's a plant's defense mechanism that is reacting to our body in a certain way that is causing us to hallucinate so we don't end up eating the whole entire plant all at once. You know, we have these <laughs> yeah. spiritual experiences that we get out of it. So I'm wondering if there's some type of phenomena or if there is something that is able to make our brains hallucinate or do something crazy. And I, it goes into the same thing with like optical illusions with pilot um, pilots late at night. They'll start seeing things that aren't necessarily there. It's like the shadowy figure illusion, which is like when you're in your bed and you can look in the corner, you can see like what looks like a shadowy figure moving, even though there's nothing there, your mind starts playing tricks on you. And that's kind of where like the sensitive part of the situation comes from when it comes to first encounters or when it comes to certain scenarios of people talking about UFOs or researching into it. It's like, make sure that like, cause I was diving into the alien stuff, like very, very deeply. 
And then I started driving my car into work and I was like, this is exactly what it feels like before I get abducted by like a giant blue light just coming out of the sky. Because you were researching so much into it. It's like when doctors are trying to diagnose a patient, they read the symptoms of all this type of stuff and they start feeling like, oh, maybe I have those symptoms. I do have a runny nose. I do have a sore throat. Maybe I have this. And it's like, no, you don't. You just researched too into it, which that is major credit to our brains to be able to have us go in these types of directions and literally experience these bodily like kind of harms in a way such as like uh, the nocebo effect there's been bodies that they have found that have been diagnosed with cancer and the patient started experiencing symptoms of if, if they had that cancer but found out in the autopsy that the cancer was benign but they were told they were literally given a life-threatening illness where their hair would literally start falling out and they would start experiencing certain symptoms of this type of disease. And I thought that was freaking fascinating. I was like, holy shit. Like I've been told that I might have stomach cancer at one point in my life. And for that whole week, I was just in distraught. I thought I was in way more pain probably than I actually was. And they were like, no, it's not. And I'm like, I feel so much better after you told me I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the human, I it, absolutely, the human brain is fascinating. And uh, I agree with you that I think that like uh, hallucinogens, um, like I've uh, used psilocybin uh, multiple times, I think that uh, they are a, a chemical uh, process occurring in the brain, uh, just like you described. Um, I think it's also possible that it's something more, but I, I don't think that uh, there's, I, I'm not convinced of that at this point. Um, I think that based on our observations of the objects, um, for the first month or so of my research, I was diving in really deep and I was quite sure that they were UFO, like in terms of being aliens. Um, and I, I was looking at the behaviors of the objects that we see that, you know, credible eyewitnesses and things like that. And it looked to me a lot like they're basically ignoring us and doing something. Um, so my speculation at the time was that perhaps they were uh, conducting just uh, basically observational uh, studies uh, in order to potentially extract natural resources. I don't know. I'm not sure. But my, my thought was the way that they move around, ignoring us, essentially, they're doing, they're up to something and it has nothing to do with humans. That was my thought. Um, but, you know, after I started looking at the Hesdalen research, and I, I will absolutely send you those papers and I'd love to be back. Um, the the research is very, very, in my view, compelling. It's, uh, there are a lot of photos. They've done spectral analysis. Um, it, there, there's a good body of evidence to suggest that the objects, some of the objects are likely to be a novel phenomenon uh, that's plas a plasmoid type object. And, uh, even then I became even more interested in some ways because it, there's enough evidence, I think, from these researchers to suggest that the objects are, I'm convinced that these objects are real through the research that they have done. They have, you know, they've done triangulation, they've done everything that people say they want to see. They've done triangulation, multiple angles, video, photos, multiple photos, spectrum analysis, uh, you know, like, I don't know how many researchers would have to be in on the conspiracy for these things not to be verified. And the most interesting part, all of these uh, researchers, they're obsessed with the uh, energy side because these objects are self-containing. They self, uh, they keep themselves in a sphere and they do not expand, even though there's a plasma process occurring. And the best that humans can do in trying to achieve fusion 
in 2021 is like 100 seconds of uh, the process. These things have been observed for an hour and a half plus, and they've been seen at 10 meters, uh, 20 meters in uh, diameter. And the amount of energy required and being sustained and contained is inconceivable. And so the really interesting potentially, you know, paradigm breaking element of these objects is if it's aliens, that's obviously extremely paradigm breaking. If it's this natural phenomenon that appears to be some kind of fusion process occurring in our atmosphere in a way that we cannot replicate, it would be infinite clean energy. Uh, infinite. And it's like, uh, so no matter what, there's something extremely exciting happening with these things. And I don't know what they are yet, but uh, I am really keen to find out. I think there's scientists that are generally interested in the fact that there might be this energy source. And then I think there's other scientists that are trying to get their name published into a book. Um, there's like the benefit to mankind and there's the money aspect of like both sides of the coin. Well, what do you think about Neil deGrasse Tyson saying that he doesn't believe the whole alien thing has happened here, that it might be out there, but he's not a belief of that. He wants to look at the base science. Do you think someone came up to him and was like, hey, man, here's five million dollars. I want you to fucking shut up about aliens. And don't say any single word. And I mean. I can see that happening, especially with someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson, because if you start talking about aliens or space, you're going to get one of two people that pop up, pop up into your head. That's Neil deGrasse Tyson, and that's the literally guy who's memed aliens. Those are the only two people when it really that hits my mind when you think of that subject. And for most of the population, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, because he's kind of the face of the market, kind of like with cooking. If I mention cooking, who do you think of? Martha Stewart. Wow, really? <laughs> that shows my age. I wasn't Betty Crocker. I wasn't thinking that one. That's like infomercial cooking. But usually, if I yeah. say like cooking, you mean Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, I usually okay. get a Gordon Ramsay, or I get a Super <laughs> Chef Bobby Flay, depending on your age. And then I usually sometimes get like a Anthony Bourdain, which is, who's making oh, yeah. a giant. But when I start talking about like certain subjects, there's always a person that's linked to that one thing who's kind of the face of it. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson was. So I'm not above the idea that maybe the government might have paid him off to say something, but he just strikes me as a guy that is 100% for the science. And I think that's also why he said what he said, because he doesn't want speculation. He doesn't want this type of stuff. He wants things that he can prove. And sadly, he's become like Jordan Peterson where Jordan Peterson's just done fucking doing interviews. Mm. And I, I understand that because any interview you look up of Jordan Peterson's, it's not about his book. It's about like, what do you think about this? And then they're waiting for him to say something that they know they're going to react to. And then you just see them walk out in the middle of the street, like Leatherface swinging the fucking chainsaw. Just <laughs> rah, rah. That's exactly what it is. And I get it. Like I see him. He looks like uh, Jordan Peterson looks like he's beaten down a little bit. And I know he had some addiction thing with a, a drug recently. And I understand that. But at the same time, it, you're not incentivizing people like this to come and want to speak. This is like the like the the thing I've gotten from doing the show is like I'm not incentivizing anybody by debating someone or telling someone that they're wrong. Instead of just hearing them out, I might end up changing my perspective, but it's a conversational platform. Like nobody's wrong in these types of scenarios. They're all a part of our own realities. And I think that's what's important because when we cut off information and say that it isn't true and we just look for something like a news source or something that looks whatever we would consider legit – then you're dismissing maybe new information that could be brought in. I mean, Avi Loeb, he doesn't have social media. 
he has like one platform. I think you can contact him like an email or something like that. But he was open on Joe Rogan saying, I can't defend myself with everybody trying to destroy my work or tell me I'm crazy. When they talk about this long fucking pencil shaped asteroid, that's it's not even an asteroid. It's not even a comet because there were certain detailed characteristics that he couldn't describe it under those that would fall into that category. So it was something that he hadn't seen the size of a football field up in the sky. And he was saying it could be something from a a civilization from another place every single person who had spent years working on something that were going to publish something they seen that as an attack on their work and they try to d destroy his character and he doesn't have social media to defend himself so he just got attacked and it's not true thank god he went on joe rogan's platform because that's bigger than any social media account and he was able to talk about these types of things and i say that's the important part is you'll hear way too many people that are probably in i think my alien episodes probably get the least amount of views because it's just one subject that people are just i don't know why it's not interesting for a lot of people but besides ufo twitter or people that are actually interested in this topic for general population it was like conspiracy and they move on and it's like well now you're not opening up your mind to something that might cause you back like, that Campbell guy said something important let me look it up and then you look it up and you're like holy shit what and then now you're in the rabbit hole where you're now looking at a bunch of things and it's not hard the only issue with I have with the freedom of information uh gov website is you have to be fucking exact on what you want that means you can't just type in UFO. They're not going to give you documents of UFO. You got to type in UFO, December 2nd, whatever. And you got to give the date, the time, the state, the place, the zip code, social security number, everything, or you're not getting any information or any results on it. So then it, that would discern somebody's search of looking up for this exact thing that they might have been on the cusp of getting information on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the government uh, websites like the Art National Archives stuff, it's, it's so hard to get through. Um, I, I think that uh, it, I think that people are turned off by the whole alien conversation because it's like there there isn't uh, it's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it entertainment industry has uh, definitely profited off of it. Um, and I think the speculation piece is so important because in science, you have to speculate, but then you also have to ground it uh, and always clearly define it. Something I really uh, enjoy about your conversations uh, on your pod, your other episodes, uh, is that you're always very clear that you're speculating, and uh, it's just an, it's just ideas, and that we need to be able to share ideas and think about things without being certain. And uh, you know, I think that I think that people need to do more of that. Uh, absolutely, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, I mean, Dr. Avi Loeb describes. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson as like intellectually uh, conservative, not like socially, but uh, like intellectually, like he he doesn't want to um, factor in the anomalous data, right? Like often in uh, statistical uh, analysis, you know, if they're like extreme outliers, uh, you uh, cancel them because they throw off the, uh, the, the the evaluation of the data. But you know, there is always something, well, sometimes the anomalous piece of information is actually correct, sometimes, very rarely. And I think that that's sort of an underlying thing here with uh, UFOs. Um, a good example from history would be maybe lightning. Like for almost all of human history, uh, it was known to the point of, you know, killing the person if they say otherwise that lightning was produced by a superhuman intelligence. Um, and people who did argue otherwise would often be, you know, murdered or whatever for defying the gods. So there, there's some historical precedent uh, that 
you know, people can point to to say like, oh, the odds are almost certainly that this is also something natural that we don't understand. And maybe it's going to be like the 1650s, uh, you know, or seven and uh, moving or 1750s and stuff moving forward where they figure out finally that lightning is the same thing as what you can create with a spark on the ground by, you know, I think it was Benjamin Franklin, right? He put his little uh, kite up there with the key and then got electricity. He like bottled electricity in a yeah. bottle with like some alcohol. Um, so, so maybe we'll end up with something like that. Maybe that's sort of the precedent that we'll see with these objects. But then also it's statistic, like from anybody who does the Fermi paradox calculation, it's statistically inevitable. Like Earth should have been colonized and visited by aliens like countless times. Like with our current technology level, humans could expand across the Milky Way in a couple hundred million years or something, uh, you know, Happy Loeb was saying. So, and we've been, it's been around for billions. Like, so there's no explanation. It's, it, it is the other way around based on our, the physical sciences, as we know, aliens, should be accepted as almost certainly existing and the fact that we don't have definitive proof of them visiting earth at this point is the anomaly and that's the, the something that i think is flipped you know in modern conversation on the subject and there are a lot of possible underlying social reasons for that i think um because when i when i was mentioning my radio astronomer friend um his name is haystack grobler he was telling me about how we're coming close to discovering class two civilizations, which is now colonizing on another planet, being able to kind of, which is like, there's not really a reverting back to civil. Like if the world goes through an apocalypse and everything ends, all human race dies and has to rebuild from the start, we're gonna have to relearn tools, we're gonna have to relearn internet, relearn everything. It's not gonna be there, we're gonna have to create it. It's gonna be going back to like the first year and then starting all the way back up. The whole process but once you're at civilization two even if the first civilization ends there's another colony on a moon or something and as long as they survive you don't revert back to like creating swords when you're living on the moon you eventually start evolving past that to be able to go to other planets and then it's like this whole entire start reaching different types of classes of civilizations my thought is back in the day people lived to be 30 if they're lucky we live to be 90 something Sometimes if you're lucky, I mean, actually, if you're cursed, you live to be a hundred. I consider an, a safe bets probably in like your sixties or seventies, but how long until people from generations upon generations after we start looking at us and go, man, that sucks. They live to be 90. We live to be 900. And it's like, yeah, we don't really know the full capacity of how long this thing goes. We know what we know right now. And we know what was in the past. We don't know what the future is going to hold. And I think that's what's interesting, especially with the alien stuff. I'm like, I'm wondering if this is like, was it possible a bunch of aliens were sitting in a spaceship with a bunch of like four little vials and they were like, okay, we're going to drop this vial on planet A, planet B, planet C, and planet D. And D was the last vial and that was us going on to Earth. And then we just grew into this type of thing because it's kind of unexplainable to try and realize that the human brain has developed over like twice as fast as any other species. And then physical capacities, we haven't changed a whole lot. People talk about the height thing and then the weight. Well, okay. A person back in the day was like 135 at the most. And that was because there was no fucking food. So the food <laughs> yeah. capacity, it's kind of like a koi fish. You give them a bigger pond, they're going to grow bigger, but our brains have developed so crazy fast. It's literally doubled. I think in like the past 10,000 years or something like that, where you start to look at like, I mean, is this 
not a God, but maybe what we consider God is some type of being that we can't explain that we're made in the image of. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm into this type of talk because I think um, when you start diving into the theories of the earth, the younger driest theory, and you go back to what 70,000 BCE, where the population was down to a couple thousand people and they had to repopulate from there all because of an asteroid. I'm like, look, if this is an end, I'm all right with it. But I'm just saying, I want to know if there's aliens before I kick the bucket. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think there's a lot of evidence that whatever these objects are, they I, I think there's good evidence that they've been depicted throughout human history in a variety of ways. Um, you know, people talk about the you know wheel within a wheel in the Bible. Um, even uh, this. Paul or Saul, like uh, on the road to Damascus, like the description is very similar to one of a UFO encounter, right? It's like he sees a bright light, it approaches him. He then sees an apparition, he hears a voice, and then it says his, uh, his servants saw the light, but they didn't hear the, what, the voice. Um, you know, and that's, that's akin to potentially either UFO, uh, you know, ET style uh, talking through the mind, or it could be electromagnetic uh, phenomena that are creating uh, hallucinations in the brain. Like it's, it's hard to know. And uh, it, it, both are possible. Um, and I would say that the historical precedent suggests that it's more likely than not that it proves to be natural. But at the same time, I think there are excellent, you know, convincing reasons to say, that uh, at least there is potentially a mix of things happening. And that's what the researchers at Hestalen had to say on the subject. I think, um, I'm hoping it's not some type of natural phenomenon because I think me and you both know some people in UFO Twitter that if they found that information out, that it was a natural phenomenon and it wasn't, they were just on a ghost chase or something like that. Mm. We probably wouldn't see those people anymore. Um, <laughs> well, they aren't happy with me, I'll say that. <laughs> UFO Twitter's upset with you? Uh, some are, yeah. I mean, I've been on. Why is uh, it so divisive? Yeah. I got messages. That's why when you messaged me, like I had some issues or things, you touched on some issues. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> another person on UFO Twitter I pissed off. I was like, I don't mean oh, God, to do yeah, it, no. but like everyone's still like, no, no, no. I'm like, well, think, think a little bit. Like, let's let's mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the main reason that people uh, were reacting badly to me proposing uh, a potential natural explanation is uh i mean i haven't had the opportunity to argue against somebody who actually has like read my article and uh is disagreeing on the content it's more typically that people uh, are saying that i'm uh discrediting eyewitness experiences and i'm i try to be so clear that i actually do fundamentally fully believe the experiencers i believe that they're seeing what they report and i believe that they're experiencing what they say they experience like, um, I'm like, I have had sleep paralysis. Like I, I've woken up, uh, well, one instance in particular, I woke up and I, I saw an, a re like what I would say, it was an open eye full hallucination of an object in my room that looked kind of like a, like it looked a lot like the Star Wars, like pro droid or something. And then I turned around, turned on the light and panicking and then it was gone. And then I like freaked out. I looked on the internet, what was happening? I found sleep paralysis. I found like the science around it, that it's flat reproducible. They understand very well that it's the region of the brain that produces dreams has not been turned off yet, even though you've consciously awoken. 
So, so that, you know, was calming. But when I go on UFO Twitter, I see a lot of experiencers, uh, very prominent ones have had almost exactly that type of experience, but they've got, you know, I've got like a few hundred followers. Like these people have like 10,000 followers and the entire foundation of that is on uh, sort of a very similar experience. And I, so I, I think that there's a huge potential to uh, produce the appearance of like invalidating experiences. And that is not at all my intention. I actually, I'm extremely curious about what is happening. And my motivation in looking into this honestly was like, I believe the eyewitnesses and to believe them is to realize that there is something incredible happening. And it's either going to be a revolutionary new type of natural phenomenon that may hold the key to limitless free energy, or it's indicative of extraterrestrials or, you know, all the other uh, hypotheses, time travelers, like interdimensional, all those things. Either way, there's something incredible happening. And if these experiences are linked, like if it actually is alien abduction where you wake up and you see things that science explains as uh, sleep paralysis, if it's not sleep paralysis, I really want to know. I, um, I've been woken up after I guess I was sleepwalking. Um, I used to sleepwalk a lot when I was a little kid. Um, I rarely sleep, but when I do, I'm like out like a light. And I remember like I woke up and everything in my room was backwards. Mm. Like not the, not the ceiling was the floor, but no, like my door is usually at the foot of my bed to the left, but instead it was behind my bed. Like everything but me and my bed were in different spots. All door handles were backwards. Everything was backwards. Dressers were flipped around. My whole mind just couldn't put everything back in order. It was just trying to, and I think that's, these are some experiences like this too. There are very dramatic experiences where I talk about like first um, eyewitness encounters are just difficult. And sadly, there's a, you'll come across like this episode, for instance, it'll get a certain amount of views, but it'll get 10 times more. If you came on here talking about you have an alien abduction story and then it go cause that's what people like the crazy shit. Nobody watches, you know, like a 60 minute interview. They want to watch freaking Jersey Shore or they want to watch tits flopping out. That's what they want. That's people. And I'm not mad at that. I'm just saying that's it, it's crazy because um, my astrophysicist friend, Dr. Sri Nemi, I've had her on so many times. Her episodes get a good amount of views. But then my buddy had a flat earther on who's like a famous flat earther seemed like flat earth Dave or something like that. Like 4,000 views in two days that dude got. And I have more regular viewers than he did. But it's just the concept of if you type in flat earth, everyone's interested into it. It's like aliens back in the day. Everyone was really interested into it. And now I think it's been so much like giving a fish like food every couple of days. And then now it's like giving a fish food every month or something like that. Like the fish is expecting the food, but they're not worried and reliant on it anymore. We were thinking that aliens were going to be released way back in the day. And then now it's kind of built up to this point where people are like, ice, fuck. It's like when the government was like, oh yeah, guys, ISIS is back. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Like they (laughs) died in like 2014 or 2011. Like this is an old bit move on. And it's like, that's kind of what the alien thing is now. Like, it's kind of like they keep saying, here's this. But everyone's like, there are people that get their hopes up that are like, I spent 30 years doing this. And I'm, I, I want that information. I would like it. But it's not at my forefront. My forefront now is things about like what the government's doing or maybe something in politics. The things I can focus on right now. I'm still fucking thinking about the Wuhan shit. 
You know, like they're slowly still releasing that and everyone's giving up and moving on to the next one. I'm like, hey, let's get one fucking answer before we move on. We're like goldfish. Our attention span is shot to shit. And I'm like, come on. Just like, I know it comes off crazy, but you got to be crazy. You got to be comedic in these types of things because if you don't laugh at it, you're going to drive yourself insane where you're going to come across people that go like, I've spent my whole life researching into this. I see Bigfoot with the Bigfoot stories. I'm a big uh, crypto cryptozoology guy mostly the kraken i don't really care for bigfoot that much but every single person selling bigfoot hair every single person we're doing a bigfoot hunt and it's like every week they do the same hunt on this tuesday out of every whatever and i'm like i don't want to be that guy that's invested 100 percent into that and i think people now are just willing to hop on the next trend of things to get ahead of the time content creators for instance there might be ufo podcasts but they had their spark of like popularity but then and now it's like tiktoks and twitch streaming and then it's moving on to something else and i'm like look best thing you can do is just create your content and then watch the pendulum shift back again because i think now people it went to like capturing nostalgia and clothing and then art and all this type of stuff it's going to end up coming back like a lot of old trends are starting to fly back out but the alien topic i hope that is going to be the thing that comes back only on a concept of that's one thing that will unite the fuck out of us. Like, pardon my French, but I know I cursed a lot before, but that said the F word. That was the first time I think, Um, (laughs) but the UFO thing is really something where when I talk to people in this community, or I tell people, maybe you should do this is because the world is really, really stressful. And that's just one that's very, very interesting to get into because it's more fun than anything. Um, not that like you're taking it as a joke, but more like there's a lot of stuff where it's like, holy shit, like imagine if it's this, there's a lot more speculation that I like. And I get Neil deGrasse Tyson, the way you said it was him being like a more of a conservative science trying to save what there is. Science is on the chopping block every single day. There's a field or department. The archaeology thing was just recently is that their whole funding got taken out. So there's no more archaeology anymore. And there's archaeologists like we're fighting to keep our school to have archaeology. It's like band class. It gets the lot. That's the thing that gets cut first. That's going to keep going. Like there's a lot of things where people don't care about science anymore if it affects how they feel. And that's when it comes to gender, when it comes to anything, where schools will publish a project called the Conceptual Penis Study, I've mentioned a couple times on this show, which is talking about if you have a dick, that means it's going to end up causing climate change. It's a fake study. A dude proved it. It was a friend of Brett Weinstein proved it to tell show you that the schools aren't even focusing in on the actual study they're looking for keywords and choosing oh this is going to be against society if we say no to it so just pass it and they fucking let it go and that becomes published and then and now this is going to cause science to be riddled with misinformation riddled with anything like that despite our sensors that are supposed to be doing a job of protecting us from that and sadly it just depends on what the topic is you can talk about aliens sure but if you start talking about that Hillary Clinton's a reptile, oh, no, 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 no. You can't say that. I'm like, all right, yeah, I don't want that up there either. But fuck it. If I destroy, if I say destroy one thing, then what's going to stop you from moving the goalposts and destroying it all? I'd be a hypocrite if I said that person can't speak. No, I think everyone should have freedom of speech. That's the best part about this country. Sadly, I hope you use it in the best of ways, not just being a piece of shit on the Internet like people do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree entirely. I think that ideas need to be confronted. I think when they're suppressed, they can emerge in uh, more concerning ways. Uh, I think uh, that there's a long history of um, 
speculation around this subject that they, in some there's some evidence that the government has fanned those flames as well um and uh it's you know the, the more extreme ideas do produce the uh, the general effect of discrediting the uh conversation in general and i don't think that's i don't think that's right but it is it is an effect that occurs so with that in mind it's like it's it must it's very hard to know exactly like what's to uh where to set the line like you know i i am a hundred percent down with uh talking about these extreme speculative uh concepts but I also am very aware, uh, you know, we both have our uh, real names out here. Um, I know, you know, we both do because we, you know, we believe in what we're doing. Uh, you know, like I am convinced that uh, these objects uh, exist and that I think they're a valid subject of study. Um, I also know that uh, if I uh, get into talking about more, uh, abstract things people will take those things later if uh, and use them against me and you know i'm okay with that but it's uh, it's something that's always on my mind and it's it's almost like self-censorship at a certain point uh, and, and i think it's going on already yeah i think it's great that like you've you've provided a space here in uh, your show to uh, sort of step outside of the box and have, uh, you know, Could've mutually out respectful conversations. Could have said out of the blank. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I, that's <laughs> right. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's important, like you, like you're saying about these conversations happening. It's kind of like the whole point of it all. And I appreciate you for giving me your time. Um, one thing you did say, which was like somebody using it against you. I don't, I don't, I don't know what, someone feels the need to do that for anybody. And I get it because they might see that person on a higher plateau or a higher platform. But it's for me, a belief is the same thing as a religion. If you wouldn't dismiss someone from believing in God, there might be some people that would. But if somebody believes that birds aren't real, my good buddy of mine believes that birds aren't real. And I'll sit there and listen to him talk about it. I'm like, but what about this? He goes, but they're always on telephone wires. I'm like, fuck, he's got me there. Uh, there it's just, it's just, good conversation man it's fun to have these discussions about things because if you can truly step into the mind of another person and understand from their perspective you start to enhance your own as well too and i'm i really appreciate you for giving me your time and doing the show and i'd love to have you back on again like i said send me some of the articles you've written send me some of the stuff i can look over it and then we can have a better like i can bring up some topics and some stuff on some things that you have talked about and that you can go into depth on to help for me to understand it because I'll read it and I'll understand it, but I need someone else to also speech it to me because I'm a child and I need that. <laughs> well, I would, uh, I would love to come back. Thank you so much for uh, having me on here and I will absolutely send you those uh, articles. I think that through disagreement is when people actually improve their ideas, right? Because when you talk to someone you agree with, you don't get challenged. Um, so I think on both ways, uh, we both would, uh, benefit from uh, sort of diving into it a little bit more so you know i would love to come back well if you want to let the audience out there listening whoever is listening to this episode to be able to find your links where can people find you at your twitter handle and any sites yes my uh, twitter handle is uh, uap study um, and i have a website that's called uap study where uh, i provide a bunch of uh, you know, links and stuff to the Hezdalen information. There's an article that I've pinned on my uh, Twitter that I wrote. Um, it's just published via Medium, but it's um, it, it provides a lot of the uh, sort of information that I've been talking about. So uh, I'd suggest just checking that out. I'll make sure I link it all in the description. I 
thank everybody for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Stay tuned for next episode.